Hello and welcome to Let's Parent the Podcast. This is the place for down-to-earth, real-life conversations about the stuff that comes up as a parent in the early years. Nothing is off the table. We'll be covering self-care, toddler behavior, sleep, pregnancy and birth, family nutrition, juggling the work-life balance, and lots more. I'm your host, Jazz Kostov. I'm a mum, the founder of Let's Sleep, I'm an infant and child sleep consultant and have worked as a midwife, maternal and child health nurse and live on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria, Australia. In each episode, I'll either be solo covering a topic or I'll be chatting with health professionals, parents and other guests who will get us thinking and expanding the way that we think about parenting. Whether you're rolling out for a pram walk with your earphones in, grabbing some time for yourself to chill or commuting to or from work, let's get into the episode. In this episode of Let's Parent the Podcast, I'm talking all about self-care. Now, self-care is definitely quite an overused term, but today I'm deep diving into my own personal journey with self-care some of the barriers I've overcome and the feelings that have come up through fitting self-care in regularly. And I'm going to be sharing five practical strategies that you can use to fit self-care in regularly and start making those positive changes to fill up your cup as a parent. Let's get into the episode. Good morning, everyone. This episode is one I've really been looking forward to recording. I mean, I get excited about recording all of the episodes for this podcast, but this one is an episode that is really close to my heart and that is talking about self-care. Now, in this episode, I'll be going through my own personal journey with self-care. I mean, it's continuing all the time, but how I've kind of prioritized self-care and realized how important it is for me almost 18 months into my parenting journey. And then I'll be diving into five practical strategies for making self-care a regular thing. And yeah, just really focusing on why that's actually important. Why why is it important for all of us to fit in self-care? And I know myself that we can get in the swing of being parents and getting busy and day-to-day priorities and self-care can just really fall by the wayside. And You know, this can be weeks and weeks or months and months of you really not doing anything intentionally for yourself. And I think that's a great place to start this episode is what is self-care? What does it actually mean? And I think that is, it's a really individual definition for everyone. But self-care for me in terms of being a parent means that I'm taking time intentionally for myself to do activities or participate in things that really fill my cup back up. They give me energy and help rejuvenate my energy levels as a parent. So with my own personal journey with self-care, this has been something that I think when we first started our parenting journey, the first few months, they weren't easy. That's not the right word, but 
I was really fortunate to have Alex home with me for the first 12 or 13 weeks of our parenting journey because we were deep in the depths of lockdown and he wasn't able to work as a result. So I was very lucky to have him around a lot. We spent a lot of time relaxing. We didn't have those pressures to fit in lots of social events or get out and about and and see people. There was no obligations. And because he was home a lot, I was able to focus on doing some things for myself that I really wanted to do and, you know, things like getting out for walks each week um, or, you know, getting started with some light running. And I did that from pretty early on. I jumped back into, I picked up a new hobby early in um in that lockdown where she was about two months old, I bought a sewing machine. I'm so not a crafty sewing type person, but I did lots of knitting in pregnancy because of lockdown, which was actually great because I learned a new skill and yeah, I purchased a sewing machine and started doing some sewing. So I sort of dabbled in different things that were just nice to do that were very different to being a parent. Um, you know, there was, weren't things that I had to do. It was things that I just wanted to do because it was fun or I enjoyed it. So I think a few of the key takeaways that I've learned from so far in my parenting journey in terms of prioritizing self-care is that I'm the only one who can prioritize self-care for myself. And I think that's very true with so many things in life is that it comes down to us and the decisions we make around what's important to us and how we actually make space for things in our life. And I think the fact that I've realized that now, no one else is going to plan in self-care for me. No one's going to plan in when I'm going to do my runs or when I'm going to catch up with friends. That all comes down to me. And if I don't put it in the diary, if I don't schedule it, it probably won't happen. Things don't just present themselves randomly and without any prior thinking. So That's definitely the first thing is that I'm the only one who can prioritize self-care for myself, which is so relevant for all of you as well. Another thing that's really come up for me is feelings of guilt with self-care. So that's something that I still am trying to overcome a little bit today. I don't know if that will ever go away, but I'm starting to just sit with those feelings of guilt. And particularly a few months ago, I completed a 12 week half marathon training program with the Her Trails community. And that required quite a bit of training. And it meant, you know, when Alex got home from work, I tapped out straight away and headed out for a run, which I loved. I got to listen to a podcast while I was out running. I was doing exercise. That made me feel really good. I got nice and fit. I was sleeping so well because I was, yeah, I was, you know, exerting energy and getting outside into nature, but there were some feelings of guilt. You know, I felt bad because, you know, Alex had just had a long day at work and I was heading straight out the door when he got home, which meant he was doing dinner and bedtime by himself. And I was feeling guilty because I was missing bedtime a couple of nights a week or two or three nights a week. But over time, I realized that the benefits far outweighed any you know, perceived negative in my mind and that by giving someone else the reins and just releasing control and taking that time for me, I actually realized that it was so awesome to 
discover that, hey, other people are fully capable of looking after my baby and hanging out with my baby. And, you know, it gave Alex this time and space to just spend with Hazel and get really confident with doing the bedtime routine, with setting up her dinner, packing up her dinner, you know, getting her bottle ready, doing all this stuff that, you know, as mums, we quite commonly just kind of go in those motions and do all those behind the scenes things. But when we take time for ourselves and we're gone for an hour or two during those typical peak periods of looking after our little ones, then yeah, you, you realize that, Hey, other people are fully capable of doing these things. And I know for me, that was quite a realization that I came to that everything still functions totally fine if I'm not there. So as much as I felt a bit guilty, it also gave me a real sense of relief knowing that, hey, I can take this time and, you know, she will be so fine. It's giving Alex heaps of confidence and independence with everything he's doing at bedtime. And that's awesome. And also the other bonus was that, you know, she was going down for bed each night or, you know, some of those nights not with me not present, which was great to know that she wasn't relying on me being there to, you know, settle off to sleep for the night. Hello, I am jumping into your ears to tell you a bit about some resources that you can grab over on the Let's Sleep website. If you'd love to have a clear, easy to understand daily routine for your little one, then the Let's Sleep Routine eBooks are perfect for you. For just $20, you can see exactly when I would recommend waking your baby for the day, when you'd offer their naps, their milk feeds, solids, and when bedtime would be in the evening. There are five routine eBooks on there. There's zero to three months, four to seven months, eight to 12 months, one and two years, and three and four years. You can find these at www.letsleep.com.au forward slash ebooks. Let's get back to the episode. I think realizing that focusing on my own needs makes me a better person and also makes me a better mother. I know that, you know, I've got a pretty good self-care schedule and at the moment and most weeks I... I fit in, you know, some walks and maybe some runs and might catch up with some friends or whatever self-care things I'm doing in that particular week. But when I sort of don't focus on those things as much within a week or over a couple of weeks, I let things slide a bit and I get a bit consumed with work or sorry if you can hear my dogs barking in the background. (laughs) Um, I know that I start to not feel as good. I feel a bit depleted. My energy levels aren't as great. And that really highlights to me the importance of self-care and how important it is for my energy levels and my happiness as a person and as a parent. And when I have, when I fit in a lot of self-care, you know, each week, I have so much more energy to focus on being a parent and just to enjoy being a parent day to day. Lastly, I think that great analogy of you can't pour from an empty cup, which ties in nicely to that point. I've just said that focusing on yourself, giving yourself some time to breathe and take a step back and hand over the reins to someone else means that you're filling, you're filling up your cup. You do that regularly, which means you're regularly filling up your cup. And that means you just have more more to give to everyone else, more to give to your little one. 
And I think as well, when we take time out for ourselves, it gives us time to reflect and connect with our creative side as well. I know that that's something that when I'm out walking, listening to a podcast or out for a run, I tend to have some really great thoughts and ideas. And I know, you know, other people I've spoken to find the same thing. I'm going to talk through five practical strategies for how you can make self-care a regular thing, because I know it can seem like this big mountain and it's impossible to climb. We have so much on our plates as parents and particularly mums. We have so much going on in our minds and all that mental load and the thought of trying to fit in self-care even once a week can be really overwhelming. So these are some of the strategies that have really helped me. And these are the strategies that I talk to my one-to-one clients about during sleep support. I always ask at the start of sleep support, um, what are three things that you love doing for you that make you feel good and the things that you love doing every day? And that might be, you know, going and getting a coffee and getting out for a walk, even if that's with the pram, Uh, might be sitting down with a hot coffee and reading a book and you know, catching up with friends once a week or something. And by the end of the two weeks, I really am encouraging parents to start scheduling those things in, scheduling those things in and making it a habit because when we do things regularly, it becomes normal and it becomes part of our weekly schedule of events. So that ties in nicely with point one, put it in the diary. And I know you would have heard that before, but it actually works. If you put it in your diary, Even better if you've got a joint calendar with your partner, Um, if you have one, then you can both see what self-care events are happening during the week. You know, if you're catching up with your girlfriends for dinner or you're wanting to get out for a run, you know, one evening, your partner can see when those things are happening. So put it in the diary, start small, even if it's just two to three times a week, it's a great place to start. And these can be small things. It can just be half an hour, two to three times a week. And then as you get more confident with fitting it in each week, you could, you know, do a little bit longer. Secondly, communicate with your partner or your support network. So particularly for um, those parents that are listening that maybe don't have a partner, think about your support network around you. Do you have someone that you could call on to support you to fit in this self-care? Because I think in those situations, it's, you know, we we have to think outside the box, think about who could we call on to support us to fit that in. And if you don't have anyone, if you're living quite isolated or you just don't have anyone or the means to sort of get someone there to support you, what self-care could you do at home? As I said before, you know, I, I was doing knitting, I was doing some sewing, um, I would do some home workouts sometimes. So there's definitely things that you can do from home that don't require having someone else to you know be with your baby while you fit in those things taking time to reflect afterwards so after you've done some self-care whether it's exercise or you know an activity or socializing reflect on how how it made you feel taking that time for you you can even write it down in a little diary just focus on how's your energy what did you enjoy about the thing that you did? Because we know that reflection and, you know, taking the time to really consider how things make us feel is going to make you want to do those things again. And particularly if you come up with some feelings of guilt, 
from that self-care activity, explore those and talk them through in your mind or with someone else to start working through those feelings. And it's totally important to acknowledge those feelings of guilt because they are real and it's really normal to feel guilty about taking time for yourself, but it's still really important that we do take that time. By prioritizing self-care regularly, it means that you're regularly putting trust in others to be with your baby and you're repeatedly saying that, hey, things are okay. And even if baby's a bit unsettled, it'll it'll work out, you know, it's okay. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing dire will happen from this situation. And it gives you that release of control, as I said, handing over the reins. That's almost one of the most important aspects of self-care, particularly when you're getting out of the house, is just having time where you are not responsible or the primary responsible person for your baby in that moment. And that's really awesome, having that temporary transfer of responsibility. If you don't have a partner, as I said, think of self-care you could do from home. If you could look at hiring a nanny or asking a friend or family member to babysit once a week or once a fortnight to give you that space to focus on you, that that's a really important thing to consider. Look outside of, you know, the traditional, um, you know, grandma, grandpa kind of um, carers that, that could be with your baby. And also self-care can be with your partner. If, you, if it's, you know, you want to do a dinner once a week, what could, you know, who could you look to to be with your baby? Just to wrap up this episode, think focus on the next month of self-care. Plan out a month and have a look at how you can fit those things in, what kind of self-care activities you want to do. So what did you enjoy doing prior to becoming a parent? Um, you know, maybe your self-care activities that you enjoy have changed since you've become a parent. Um, as I said, I never probably would have knitted or sewed prior to becoming a parent, but I really enjoyed that. It was time to just sit, you know, with a podcast in my ears and just tinker doing something. And I really enjoyed that. I really enjoy cooking a lot more now than I did before. And I find it quite fun to cook something a bit more adventurous after Hazel goes to bed and, you know, just potter in the kitchen with a glass of wine or something. So have have a bit of a brainstorm before you start making your month, um, month of self-care events and jot down all those things that get you excited that you want to do and do a bit of a spread of activities over that month so you're getting some variety with your self-care as well and you know with ex- if you someone that really likes exercise you know you can have a bit of variety in what you're doing you know do you want to go to a yoga class do you want to go out for a run do you want to do a hike do you want to do a home workout in the garage it doesn't have to be the same thing every week I look forward to hearing from you guys about how you went with your self-care planning for the next month. And I can't wait to hear how energized it makes you feel and what barriers maybe that you overcame to fit in self-care regularly as well. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll catch you in the next one. 
Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. If you found this conversation interesting, then chances are someone in your circle will too. You can spread the word by sharing this episode with a friend or leave a review on the platform where you have listened to this podcast. To keep updated with new episodes as they're released, follow Let's Sleep over on Instagram. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you.